good people. So, please talk to us. Who who is Mrs. Mengi? Let's I, I want to ask how did you become Mrs. Mengi but we'll get to that. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get to, to that. But don't we keep on for someone we're gonna have to know Mrs. Mengi first. Alright, so first and foremost Mrs. Ngwana is a born again child of God. She is a wife. She is a mom. She is not just a wife, but a pastor's wife. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, a lover of life, a lover of people, um, enthusiastic person. Um, ah, I don't know. Full of life, full of personality. I'm colorful. Um, I talk. I think, yeah. I think I, I think God knew that I would need to talk for a living. <laughs> My calling has something to do with talking because I talk. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so that is Mrs. Ngono. Yeah, in a nutshell, that's me. All right. Now, since we've discussed through your childhood, mm. where did you grow up? How was your childhood? I know that you're you're Presbyterian. Yeah. 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 So it's a, it's a muy fun fair. I'm I still deputy you. parenting even yeah, now. Yeah. No, <laughs> Um, okay, I was born in the town, I don't know if I should call it small, um, Virginia in the Free State, uh, born to Rosemary, she loves that name, uh, and the deputy law um, in 1997. Um, yeah, I grew up with both my parents until such a time where they had to obviously separate, life happened and they had to get divorced. And then we moved to Bloom way before that. Then we moved to Bloom. Um, I think I was seven. So when I started my grade one, I started to have vision pain because my father had to start a new job here. So we had to relocate. Um, went to Fona Primary School. Um, finished there. Went to uh, Bloomfield Green High. Yeah, I grew up in a, in a happy home. Grew up in a happy home. My parents raised me quite well. Um, I have a little brother. Um, who I'm five years older than. Um, we were raised in a happy home until obviously life happened, things happened, my parents had to separate. I had to deal with that as a child, you know, obviously that affects your whole, I don't know, your whole childhood for some people, obviously, because now it's just you, your mom, your brother, and I had to step in and obviously help my mom in certain things because she was going through a lot at that time. And yeah, that is how deputy parenting came into play <laughs> at the age of 11. Um, had to grow up very fast, had to grow up very fast and learn some key things. But I'm so grateful for my parents because I think um, they, s- they s- kind of set the foundation for me. It's like they knew that they were not going to be together because from a young age, they taught me independence so much. Um, my parents taught me independence a lot. I knew a lot about life as a child they invested a lot in me you know being responsible um for example i always tell people get it they can wear label head to toe eight years you know <laughs> i i know that i couldn't do my father would always tell me i will not buy you that you're growing up too fast i will only get it once in a while um things like um being raised knowing that you have to work for certain things that you don't just get handed things on a silver platter even though my parents could but things like, do your chores, I'll pay you this much. Do this, I'll pay you this much. 
I, I also uh, learned the art of saving through that. So even when a time when my mom was going through a lot, I remember um, there was a time where she had major depression and she couldn't do the day-to-day motherhood things, you know. I It was an instinct. I stepped in. I would go to the shops and buy certain things and pay my little brother's school fees and my school fees, make sure certain things are paid, you know. Uh, at the age of 11, I had my mother's card. Yeah, from 11, 12, I would hold my mother's card, would be with me because she was going through a lot, you know. My mom had a like major depression. It was bad. And understandably so because she was going through a tough time. So stepping in was not a problem for me um, at all. We literally raised my little brother. I always tell him, I used to wipe your bum. Yeah. <laughs> you know, which is true because since he was in the pre-primary, yeah, the, the primary I was in, I fetch him, we go home. Um, I make sure that he's fed. And then um, because my mom worked in the tabella at the time, and then I would just make sure that he's well looked after, you know, higher toilet, obviously he's going to ask me, oh, Didi, it's like well later. So yeah, that's just me in a nutshell, my, my, my childhood. I won't say it was all bad. It had some storms, but I'm who I am today because of that. And now, okay, I'm sick. I'm sick. <laughs> Surprisingly, no. No. Surprisingly not. In fact, I worked harder. I, I don't know how. Because when my, my parents' divorce started, I was in grade... I was in grade four. I think, yeah, I think it was grade four or five. And in that year, surprisingly, I managed to become top achiever twice. I, following the two years. And... I. I I think it's the grace of, uh, no, not even I think. I know it's the grace of God because I got saved at nine. Yes, I got saved at nine, received my (laughs) gift of tongues at ten. So I already knew how to navigate prayer at that age. And I think that's what carried me through. So my mom was shocked all the time to say, you're going through so much. You are dealing with so much at home. You are actually parenting your little brother, but your marks don't show. Even my teachers did not know what was going on at home. They couldn't pick it up because nothing was affected. I was still this, the, the normal child I am. Obviously, in my own spaces, I would cry. Or the people who were close to me at the time knew that she's going through this and when she needs a moment, I'll, I'll talk to them, you know? But other than that, no one knew what was going on because it just didn't show. I know that God makes sure. Yeah, God it does. Really he really does. He really does. Any, let's just choose one right now. Yeah. What's that one experience where you just said, okay, this this was the highlight of my childhood? Do I have a, yeah, I do. When I became deputy head girl. Ah! Yeah, when I became deputy head girl. Because I, I think I always knew. I always knew, um... It's there's just the way in which the teachers relate to you that you just know that 
it's either it's head girl or it's deputy. It's not just prefect. It's not going to end there. So that moment for me was, yo, it was my moment. And it's a testament of how God came through because I was bullied a lot in primary. And I remember um, a week or two prior to when the voting was going to start, the grade sevens told me and my friend who became head girl that you guys won't even make it to the prefect group, you know? It was bad that day. We were literally being manhandled, even by boys. I don't even know what happened. I can't remember. But we were told, we as the grade sevens have decided that we're not going to vote for you guys. You guys are not going to make it. And then during the week um, when the voting was supposed to commence, did the intercom not come through and say, please note that the grade sevens will not be voting this year? for the first time in the history of that school yeah. that the grade yeah. sevens yeah. do not vote for the prefects yeah. but that year i was like i god ah, you are a star they didn't vote and yeah i i made it not only to be prefect but i became deputy so for me that just showed me that god really can come through people think they've got things figured out i think at that moment they felt ah, we have the upper hand you know they had really abused us that day we were manhandled <laughs> i don't know how can a 13 year old I don't understand. I still think back to it and I'm thinking, how did these people think it was okay to manhandle us like that? We were not even manhandled by girls. It was boys to say, you know, so, but God came through for me. I think for me, that is my highlight, how God came through for me in that year. Yeah. Guys, all that. (laughs) No, God makes sure. You know, I actually love this. Look, you think that we are still teaching primary schools, all right? And I, gonna make me a bit teary but it's my husband's favorite song and i know with claire my ultimate when i first heard claire's album it was you are that that song for me is the ultimate thing but my husband would normally jam to the song and i didn't know it was claire's song surprisingly (laughs) so because with me i don't normally listen to a whole album unless i intentionally do it i will pick up songs here and there and then have to put together the pieces that are oh, it's from the same album and i didn't know and then my husband would constantly say babe have you heard this song babe he's that person all the songs i listen to he's when he's jammed up so yeah that's why i love dwala my husband jams to it he loves it and just his love for music as a whole and the song in specific it just makes me love the song so yeah that's why i love dwala Oh, yo, that song. The first time I heard it was at uh, Dr. Ramile's Iconic. And in specific, the person who was singing it, the anointing was just too much. And she she started that song in by the chorus, or rather, I, I don't know, by the hook. Let me just call it that, where it says, And I remember when I was in that conference, the presence of God fell so heavily on me that 
I, I just, I couldn't. So when I went to download the whole song, I, I listened to it and it just blew my mind. It's the fact for me, it just dawns on me to say, where else will I go? I need God. And if I move from you, there is no other place I can go to. You are my refuge. You are, you are my safe place. You are just everything that I imagine and more. So that song for me is everything. It just constantly reminds me that whatever you go through in life and whenever you do feel alone, just know that God is still here. And if you do move, you are in trouble. Yeah. <laughs> it is lovely to remember the past is over so let's just take a rest of 2020 remember the past is your past um, whether it's the past year or the past year you can remember the past and um, yeah if I tell you that I stood by some of the things I'm hearing I'm just like yeah no this is the conference that I signed up for and before um, we started with the conversation with Amazing I just played you Duala by Cher In your face, all over the place. We're online 24-7-24-7. You're listening to the hottest internet station.
in your face, all over the place. Warrior Online, 24-7, 24-7. You're listening to the hottest internet station. Because remember that should we move from Christ, we are literally doomed. We are literally doomed. You can't not sit and remain and be rooted in Christ. That was once more six with and listen, oh, this song is yo. I'm not going to cry. I'll cry after the show or something like that. And we are still in conversation with Mrs. Joy Ngono. Um, talk to us about the name Joy. Uh, you're asking me this question because you know this. <laughs> <laughs> but um, actually, my birth name, I don't have any other name uh, I, like apart from that one. So I was under two beautiful people, Hansi Kenekeke, before I got married, Pastor Paul Rapota and his beautiful wife, mm-hmm. which I consider my parents. Those people, I don't just consider them as my spiritual parents, but I consider them my birth parents because they've been that, you know, they've been that. When my mom couldn't step in and do certain things for me, they literally stepped in. So then mommy just woke up one day and started calling me Joy. And she had no idea who I had been praying to God for me. Not because, I mean, it's a beautiful name, comforter, you know, but because of the fact that you're going to live. And when you get born again and you get into the knowledge of God about certain things, you get to realize the importance of name giving and what it can do to you. So the fact that she never realized, by God forbid, (laughs) (laughs) glory to Jesus. But I saw certain character traits. I didn't like that. I I was like, God, I I, I can't, I can't do this. And I don't want this person's journey to follow me. Mm. I don't want whatever she went through to follow me. When my parents banged they didn't know, obviously, because mm. they were not saved. Mm. But I'm saved. And I was secretly going, please give me a new name. Please give me a new name. And then one day, the woman of God just woke up and started calling me Joy. And then I flew with the name. Mm. That was my name. And surprisingly, when I met my when I met my husband. Come on now. He was like, you, I don't know, when I speak to you, I get so much joy. He didn't mm. know yet that that's the name that I had been given because Mutsi, I was still calling myself Mutsi Toto, mm. you know? So he had no idea that the name, the script, the new name that I'd been given was Joy. So when he said that, then I said to him, you know that the name is Joy. And ever since my husband started, ever since he said that, I used the name Joy from, from there on. I was wow. like, I'm going to use it forever. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Okay, <laughs> let's fast forward to, to high school. You are a deputy head girl with your friend and all of that. And now you're starting a new journey and all of that. How how was the transition, first of all, from primary to high school? It was scary. First of all, I don't like change. Mm. <laughs> yeah. I'm still fighting that because <laughs> when you walk with God, <laughs> hey. change is inevitable. Mm. But... Um, I don't like change. It was scary. And because I was bullied, I was anxious as to, am I going to get to high school? Mm. 
and experience the same thing? Am I going to bump into the same people maybe? Mm. Such stuff. So the transition was, but I won't say it was that tricky because we we understood that eh, no, the head girl, the ticket girl, this mm. are not primaries, mm. you know. We're moving to a new chapter now. But when I got to high school, I kind of hid myself. I, I intentionally made sure that I was not seen because of the fear of being mm. bullied. What caused me to be bullied in primary is because I was seen. I was everywhere. Yeah. I was public speaking. Mm. I was everywhere. Everybody knew me. Uh, teachers loved me. So that rubbed up my perpetrators in the wrong way. Mm. So I made sure that I wasn't seen. I just focused on academics. I didn't want to participate in anything that's going to make me out there because mm. I didn't want to be noticed. So I found solace in a group called Mr. Blaze, mm-hmm. which was organized by the beautiful Robin. And it was a group of learners who just came together to pray, you know. I thought, ah, let me just join this because I'm still in the rain. Let me just be part of this. I spent my break time with my uncles. You know, we would just chill. Little did I know that it's going to carve out my entire journey, mm. that it's going to be something bigger than what I thought. And that I didn't even know that this group was that powerful because the thing that happened in the school sure. as a result of the group praying mm. were amazing. But yeah, that's what transitioned. Hmm. Let's speak subject choices and all of that because that's also quite a crucial time in our high school career because your parents will be like, eh, eh, we want a doctor. Yeah. Please, science, Jesus. physics, <laughs> what and what. You, I don't why parents yeah. always do that because yeah. they say that I'm a bad dog and it's just like excuse me you know yeah. so please take us through that and then also um post metric and getting into varsity yes um my mom was she had nothing to do with me choosing my subject and i thank her for that she even when we sat in that meeting the parents meeting where we had to choose subjects my mom didn't do anything she didn't tell me what to do she just asked me what do you think and the first decision I took was I want to take science and comm-ed because mm. I felt it's a broad mm. choice. It will not limit me when it comes to varsity. Of course. Should I decide to do anything scientific, I have the subject. Should mm. I decide to go financial, I have the... T- whatever I, I wanted to do, I, I, mm. I had... It was mm. flexible. Mm. So I told her those are the choices that I'm making. She was like, okay, it's cool, mm-hmm. right? So I chose physics, life science, um, math. And accounting. That's how I went. That's the four subjects I went into. And yeah, it worked out pretty well for me. I think I just didn't like physics. I realized very quickly in high school that, ah, no, this is not for me. Mm. Physics is mm. not for me. But I, I didn't want to change in grade 11. Mm. Because I was like, it's too late. Yeah. I'm not ready to change it. Yeah. So I just left it like that. Um, and then going into varsity, um, I then went into choosing accounting, you know, because I felt I love accounting. Let's do this accounting thing. And it worked well for me. And then I realized, ah, it's not for me. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. (laughs) I think the art comes into, I love accounting, but I do not love accounting in that way. Mm. In the fact that I want to be in an office and be an accountant, Mm. you know, um, I wanted actually to become a teacher, but my mom, shame, she, she was very anxious about that. She was like, no, you can't be a teacher. We are peanuts. You know, mm, such mm, stuff. So mm. being a parent, wanting your child to have a broader, broader life choices. I think she, she, she just took her experience and felt, I don't want my child to go through the same thing. But, and then I decided, ah, let's go financial accounting, BCom. No, but then I realized, 
die no my teaching is in my blood mm. you know mm. so it's something that i would still like to pursue um though i i, I enjoy accounting but i think more in a classroom definitely mm. in a classroom than in an office mm-hmm. so that's that's it but yeah high school was great subject wise varsity was great got my degree um yeah that's that's my <laughs> okay now the major question that that i've been dying. waiting and dying to ask all right the missus talk to us about that because you know what i'm just please i'm going to be biased here right um and say that um okay yeah and say that you know what i remember how i i was on facebook one evening and i see your picture I seen that thing on. I see a man kneeling. I'm thinking, wait. I'm thinking, wait. I was like, whoa, 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 wait, wait, wait. Hang on, hang on. I'm still in varsity, okay, bro. Marriage is is the last thing on my mind. And here's a lady. Hey, man, she accepted the proposal. I'm like, wait, 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 wait. Yeah, guys, because I'm thinking. No, no. And I think that was everyone's reaction. Yes. So yes. talk to us about that. What what were people saying? Because now I was shook. I, I was shook. I was like, no, I'm thinking, like, no, I was, I was, I was shook to say the least. Some people are so shocked. Like, yeah, people thought I wouldn't even make it this far. I mean, mm. met my husband when I was 19. I had not even finished first year when I met my husband. Hey. I had just finished first semester. <laughs> I had just finished first semester. So, and not even finished because I was writing exams. Mm. So, I, 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 I think what gave me peace was the fact that, you know, most... And I think people will find it odd that at that age I was already praying such such prayers. Mm-hmm. But I've always been very specific in what I pray for. So back in high school, I used to have notes of what my husband would be like, mm-hmm. you know, because we were taught at a young age that you pray for things now, mm-hmm. you know, so that when they happen, you're not shocked. Yeah. Or you end up choosing if you're not specific in what you want, anything that comes your way even if it's the devil you're gonna go with it because mm. you you think it's the thing mm. but if certain things are noted down you know exactly what you're looking exactly. for so when i when i noted things down about my husband i made it a point to say he must be god fearing mm-hmm. he must sing mm-hmm. he must play at least one instrument mm-hmm. he must be tall come on now he must be this yes I noted, ma'am i noted the the things i felt they were important to, mm. for me and i remember during the first few months of my first year i was led to pray for my husband not for him to come no mm. because obviously in at that point i didn't think marriage ha no way i mean you just got to varsity, I just got to varsity <laughs> but i always wanted to get married young mm-hmm. my friends knew that it's a thing for me i wanted mm. to get married young and i would always say i'm gonna have my first child at 21 and i did have my first Yay. child at i want the power of words yes yes <laughs> At that time, I was just saying it, you know, but I knew I want to be a young mom. I want to be a young wife. Mm. There was just something fascinating for me um, with regards to that. So when I started praying for my husband, I would cover him and say, God, wherever he is, you know, I pray that you just cover him. I pray that you bless him. You, ev- everything that mm. the Holy Spirit had placed on my heart at that time, 
she thought I was crazy. So little did I know that a few months down the line, this man is gonna pop up. Just so you know, he's gonna come through. <laughs> he didn't even he had not even met me in person. <laughs> I knew who he was because he's famous in our ministry, you know. I mean, wherever how how be not guy, you know? Mm. So we knew him he's that guy that sings. But I think what stamped it the most for me was that Easter conference. And I remember that atmosphere was, you know, mm, mm. it was tight. Umeka, and I remember my mom and my mom and I were sitting down. We're like, ah, oh, we're not doing this. Mm, this is not working. Because I remember, and then out of nowhere, just a voice came piercing through the mic, and everybody stood up, and the atmosphere changed, mm. and he sang a worship song. The atmosphere was never the same. Yeah. People were weeping. People were on their knees. And I remember as I was closing my eyes, worshipping, a voice said to me, that's your husband. I was like, the devil is <laughs> Get me behind me, Satan. Like, <laughs> yeah. 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 I don't yeah. like it. Yeah. Let alone, I didn't want to get married to a pastor. Mm. I didn't want that. Mm. I was like, no ways. Mm. The spotlight, the mm. pressure, yeah. everything. I'm not, I'm not doing that. Mm. So I was like, yeah, I'm not doing this. I, I, I let go of that thought immediately. But little did I know that it was God. Because here comes this man mm. a few months after. I don't have words when it comes to my story about this. I still get shocked at myself Sheesh. today. I don't know. Uh, people said a lot. People said I wouldn't finish school. I'm going to miss a lot of kids. Mm. Um, I was cursed. I was cursed from left, right, and center. My mom is acts like an uneducated person. How could you sell your child? Mm. You know, because people felt like my mom was selling mm. me. But they don't know the divine orchestration that took place behind mm. the scenes and mm. how my mom was used. If my mom did not have a certain view, she would never have a child. Have a kid. She would have said no. Because I told my husband, the person I'm scared of here is my mother. Hey, Jesus. She is not going to go with this. She will not understand it. But after I met my husband, I remember the following morning, I was like, Ma, I need to talk to you. Mm. The first thing my mama said was, I'm And I'm like, what did he know? Mm. How, you know? Mm. She was like, you know what? I had a dream. And we're getting married. And she described my husband as if she was like, this man wow. from Botarello, hey! She came, he came, he came to my doorstep with, with our spiritual father. And they came here saying, you are going to get married. When my mom told me that dream, I was like, this is very weird. Mm. So I knew then that for me was a confirmation to say, and when I said to her, yeah, now you, we were talking through WhatsApp, but I could feel that my mom was about to faint. I could feel it. I could feel that she was going to faint. She was like, so she was very calm. And I think also the persona that my husband holds, his personality, his character, he went about things the right way. Mm. He, he went to go talk to my pastor, mm. then he went to my mom, and he was very calm. And my mom was like, as long as I've got that skin, yeah, I don't have a problem. Mm. So people don't realize the orchestration that took place mm. for things to get there. My mom did not just randomly agree. She mm. would not have... Nah, fam. Had the Holy Spirit not come through, my mom would have never, ever 
My mom had made it clear from the get go aga kahuna mukuta tukla mut aga unyan forget. But when the time came, it's like she was going to get bound. She couldn't say no. She couldn't. She just said, as long as you just finish this thing. My my mom in the flesh would never do that. Kuyaka kufuka balala. Yo, this, yeah, no, yeah, no. You know, w- when you're busy describing that, I'm thinking, yep, yeah, th- that's my mom. I'm like, yeah, yeah no, absolutely. Yeah, no. like, <laughs> my mom would have never, she, she my mom is, next level strict. Mm. My mom is that one. You will not do certain things until you're at a certain age. Mm. Even at varsity, my mom would ask me, what are you doing? Who are you with? My mom was, that person your academics comes first mm. you you will study you will not look at boys mm. the time for marriage will come but she mm. <laughs> my mom was that person mm. she she would never i always wonder what would have happened if i had fallen pregnant out of wedlock she probably would have chased me out of that house Yo. my mom didn't play so people think it was easy for her to just mm. say yeah. Yeah. yeah they don't understand what took place mm. in the process mm. you know that she she went through a lot herself because she had to fight what she was shown mm. and her nature to say mm. but it took boldness i still i still you know i to say mama you were brave mm. you didn't care what people think she went through a lot people called her names mm. also to say and i think the support that came from my grandparents also because my my grandmother was like there's nothing you guys are gonna do and she said it but i managed to stay i managed to put you guys through school there was nothing we we made things work perfectly fine so you will get married whether you guys like it or not so and they had already met my husband who is a doctor my husband is a biologist so he he just warned them over I'm not even, yeah, no, I'm not even, you know what, God is faithful, Mm. you are five Mm. years in, two kids later, and you are happy, and all, yeah, no, and you know what, I'm just going to throw this in, right, that I remember the the first time you and your husband came to studio, and you're speaking on holiness in marriage Mm. and all of that, the way he looks at you. I was like, you know what? There was a point where I was so distracted. I'm like, God, <laughs> Mrs. N is just there, you know, talking. Hey, you know what, God, my husband always says this and this and that. And I'm just looking at the thing and I'm thinking, I know this this man loves his wife. Yeah. The way he looks at you, it's... Yeah. No, no guys, not recommend marriage, please. Um, Yeah, please, <laughs> I, I, 100%, because... And, and it's, it's actually so beautiful to witness godly marriages mm. in this day and mm. age they they especially from young people of course because generation they don't believe in marriage they mm. think marriage is a joke they they get married for the wrong reasons mm. um we think that the wedding day is the marriage mm. you know we we are very all over the place so to witness i and i love it when young couples get married i'm all for that um I, I just love it. It's oh, it's it's beautiful to witness God come through between two people, you know. So 
it's it's amazing. But to Baba Wendy, yes, they have a way of portraying marriage and he blessed us. We loved it. They guide us. But we could say that for them it's kinda a thing way. We lived in a time where mm. marriage was the only, you know, mm. option mm. ish. Mm. So obviously you're gonna make it work. You know, you guys didn't have much of many options But in a time where young people have so many options, mm-hmm. you've got people who are independent, who can choose not to get married, that have kids, want rich life, you know, comfort and all of that. We we are so we're exposed to so many things that marriage is no longer a thing mm. for us. So when God puts two young people together and they get married and they make it work and they live for God, for me that's the ultimate. I think it's everything for us. Oh, guys, I'm so excited. I'm so excited. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Any closing comments? Uh, I think my closing comment would be what I just, I think that this is what I live by. Please God, mm. you know, live life to please God and love people. Mm. I think my life mapped out is, is just a testament of that to say when you are really committed to God, things are not always going to be rosy, but it works out for the mm. end. So live to please God. Mm. There is not one time where I look back in my in my life and I feel like God did not help things. Mm. Things were always orchestrated a certain way for me. So when you are living for God, things will always work out the way they should. Mm. When you're committed to God and, 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 and committed to this Jesus thing, Jesus this Jesus thing is taboo nowadays, mm. you know. People say live life, but there is no other life I would choose. Like God says young. I didn't get to be to live another life outside of that. Mm. I didn't get to be yeah, I had my moments, but I didn't get to be wild and mm. the only thing I know is Jesus. And it has worked out perfectly fine for me. Mm. I've got no regrets, you know? No regrets whatsoever. Fourteen years later and I'm still here. I'm mm. still praising God. I'm still so much in love with him. And I still want to please him. Sure. You know what? <laughs> It's times like times like these where I just feel like you know what let's just close and let's go home <laughs> and just <laughs> because it's a lot yeah, it really yeah, is a lot. a lot but you know thank you so much for honoring this invitation it it really means so much to me and and I can you know sometimes I I sit and think Jesus like how how does she do it I mean she's she's a mother of two she's a husband she um, said you're a husband she's a wife she has a husband to take care of it's work it's ministry it's this it's that I'm like ha ha Lord you know what and and it really is is you are evidence that you are literally carried by God mm. you understand because mm. how on earth will we be able to Yo. do all of this Yo. and I mean I mean, it's a lot. Yeah. It's a lot. <laughs> you, I, you know what? I feel like you are exhausted half the time. Most of the time. Yeah, yeah and most of the time. No, but you know, God, God is really, He yeah. really is, is, is good. Yeah. And um, thank you so much for that. And before you leave, I am just going to do what we normally do here on Reintroducing Christ, where as a thank you. We leave you with a scripture yeah. to say, you know what? Uh, may the Lord really be with yeah. you and, you know, uh, continue to show you that he is God. Mm. All right. And, yeah, I know that we are running behind schedule, but this I have to do. Yeah. This I really have to do. It's, it's very much important. All right. And I'm going to be reading from the book of Isaiah. Mm-hmm. All right. Just... And I'm reading from King James. You know, sometimes it makes me feel like 
you know, <laughs> gives me <laughs> that <laughs> thing, that <laughs> thing. All right, okay, I'm, I'm going to read it in a different translation. Um, the book of Isaiah chapter 58. It's there, Isaiah chapter 58. You know, there are those translations that you feel, yeah, no, e, 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 yeah, you know. Um, so the book of Isaiah chapter 58, I keep saying this over and over again because I'm still looking for it. Um, yeah, Isaiah chapter 58, and then I'm going to, yeah, start it from verse 11. Okay. It says, the Lord will continually lead you. He will feed you even in parched re- regions. Mm-hmm. He will give you renewed strength. Mm-hmm. And you will be like a well-watered garden. Mm-hmm. Like a spring that continually produces water. Sure. Your perpetual ruins will be rebuilt. You will re-establish the ancient foundations. Sure. You will be called the one who repairs broken walls. Mm-hmm. The one who makes the streets inhabitable again. Mm-hmm. And that is the scripture that we are leaving sure, you with this morning. Good. That, yeah, may God really do the most mm. through your life, thank you know. You so, much. so, yeah, thank, thank you so much, Mrs. You. N. Um, I know that you, there are certain songs that you requested. I know, but this one I have to play. <laughs> please, please, I know you're not expecting it, but I'm just like, you know what? This whole week, Sally, you play it's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and uh, it's a bit biased because it's also a personal favorite. So, I'm not, you'll just hear, I will tell oh you, and word. all of that after, <laughs> you know. So, yeah, thank you so much. Um, I really hope that you have a blessed <laughs> Sunday. Oh, and the like, and the like, yeah, and the God really, yeah, that's, I think that's, that's the best word that I could think <laughs> of right now. Uh, but yeah, may God really do the most for you. And yeah, here is the song, and then we shall continue. We are going to go into... Um, our topic for this morning after the hour of eight o'clock and we are starting a brand new series like i had posted on social media that we will be covering the seven church ages i won't disclose until when you must just keep listening to reintroducing christ and then you'll know and then i have major major news to share but i will disclose that at the end of the show enjoy
24-7. You're listening to the hottest internet station. It is three minutes after the hour of eight o'clock. A very big thank you for choosing Reintroducing Christ this morning. I am your host, Mbali Mashia, and we are together until the hour of nine o'clock. And we just had a wonderful, wonderful, wonderful interview with Mrs. Joy Mono, where she was sharing her journey with Christ. And it was such an absolute pleasure to have her with us in studio this morning. And we are going straight into the word. Well, not straight per se, but we are preparing ourselves to get into the word. And remember that I had shared that we will be starting with a brand new series titled The Seven Church Ages. A very interesting and a heavy topic, I must say. And it's so important for us to actually have and cover such content because it's so important for us to be aware of the times in which we are living and what Christ expects of us within this particular time and age in which we are living. So as we prepare our hearts and mind for that, I'm going to play you a song by Bill and Gloria Gaither from the album Bill and Gloria Gaither presents Homecoming Christmas and this was recorded in South Africa in 2006 and I really hope that in 2005 rather than it was released in 2006 but nonetheless enjoy the song and then we will be heading straight into the word and remember I did say that I have major 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 news to share but I will disclose that at the end of the show so please ensure that you do not miss that for anything in the world. Enjoy. In your face, all over the place. We're online. 24-7, 24-7. You're listening to the hottest internet station. Oh. 